While you're going to Ephesians chapter 6, I want to talk to you about a neglected commandment in the Bible. It's called honoring dad. Now, on Mother's Day, you know what we do? We honor moms, don't we? I mean, we talk about how wonderful, how nice they are, how good they smell. We talk about how pretty they are. We talk about all the wonderful things about moms, don't we? Well, you know, the problem is on Father's Day, usually it's hellfire and brimstone. It's you're good for nothing. You're, you're not worthy of being called it. And that's because most of the Bible is written to men because we're really the real problem. Men need a lot of work. It used to be that guys were the only problem. Ladies were kind of very timid about joining in sin. But now it's kind of 50-50. There's no difference in the amount of trouble. But uh, uh, don't fault the fact that, that as a man, you kind of get beat up a lot in church because that's what Jesus did. He talked straight up to men and said, this is where you're wrong. This is how you get it right. But today, I kind of want to actually honor dads. I want to teach you how to honor your dad. And if you're not doing it, I want you to repent of it and say, you know, it is a commandment that I am to honor my father. You see, it's not about giving him a Father's Day card. I got a very nice Father's Day card this morning. And it's not just about taking him out for a meal. It's not about buying him a nice tie. Who buys dad's ties anymore? I don't know anybody does. But, ladies and gentlemen, dads are a gift. I thought about it, and I actually looked up, and I, I was trying to find a poem about the gift of being a dad. I believe children are a gift, all right? But I could not find a poem about the, the, being a dad is a gift. Let me explain what I mean. I sat and I said, I asked the Lord, I said, give me a poem. And I do this every once in a while. And I just want to write something that about the miracle of being a dad. And I thought about my five kids when they were born. I got to be there and the miracle of being a dad. And this is what I thought of. I still remember way back when, when holding our baby, I had such a grin. For me to be this little child's dad, I just couldn't believe it. I was so glad. Everything changed on that one special day. Oh, I now had to work harder and to study and pray. For such wisdom and patience, I had no clue just how great was this miracle of just holding you. So I am sitting here watching your face as it beams because I'm waiting to see if this is only a dream. I can't believe it. It surely can't be true that I am a dad and that I get to love you. That's the miracle of being a dad. Don't let the world diminish that and make it into just a biological event. A dad is God's gift to his family. Never doubt that. A dad is a gift to a church. A church doesn't just need males of the species. We need dads. We need men who will be a dad. I grew up looking forward to being a dad. Even though my dad left when I was 12 years old, I wanted to be a dad and a dad is a gift to every village, city, town, and, and every nation on this planet. Our nation needs good fathers more than we need politicians, builders, doctors, lawyers, or even pastors. This nation needs godly dads. But honestly, dads are in danger of extinction. I think we need to stop worrying about whales and about rare snails and Mushrooms getting overrun by building estates, folks. We need to worry about fatherhood. About how it's being trampled on and ruined by this messed up and twisted world. Even a day when people hate their parents. I can't conceive of that. I had a messed up family, but I could never hate my dad. I could never hate my mom. There was a time when I did hate my dad. Let me just be honest. But now that I'm a Christian, I can't. Proverbs 30:11. just let me quote this to you. It says, there is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. They refuse and they despise days like today where we honor fathers. Have you noticed how the world wants to get rid of the terms mother and father even? They don't want to honor this commandment and honor their dad. 
We live in a day where young men have absolutely no idea how to be a dad. They've been taught how to make a baby from six years old in school, but very few know how to make a family. So few know selflessness, self-sacrifice, hard work, right and wrong, and stability. And we have a generation that is self-destructing. Romans 1.24 says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. He's talking about people being given up to filthy lifestyles through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Hear that word dishonor? You know, when we stop honoring our mother and our father and honoring things that are right, we start dishonoring things like our bodies. How do we get this way? I think all of the wickedness, all of the stuff going on is because there's been a failure in our home. It's because we're not honoring the right things. So this morning, I want to do that. I want you to go away from here going, I have some ideas on how to honor my dad, even though I have trouble doing that. Let's pray. Father, this message is not for children. As long as, as, as we're alive, God, we have had a dad. And that father may already have passed on. But the memory of our dad, ooh, that could be a problem. How do we fix that, Father? Only by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God this morning as we yield and as we listen and as we say yes, can you repair a lot of damage so that we can get back to honoring even the memory of our father. But if our dad is alive, Wow, we could save our home. Not because our dad becomes perfect, but because we do right. And whether our dad ever appreciates what we do, I pray that everyone in this room, if our fathers are alive, I pray that we would do what you say, and that is honor our fathers. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, There are a lot of expectations of being a dad. I mean, uh, uh, folks, um, we expect things of doctors, don't we? You expect things of lawyers. You expect things of prime ministers. You expect things of of, um, uh, prime ministers and presidents. You expect things of firemen and guarda and and, and nurses and teachers and pastors. You have expectations, don't we? And it's right to have high expectations of such people. But when it comes to us dads, we kind of go, don't expect anything of me. There literally are hundreds of biblical commands and expectations of us men, especially of us fathers toward our family. It started with Ephesians. We're going to go back and forth through the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. It says, any fathers... Provoke not your children to wrath. Your dad ever made you mad? I know you made him mad. (laughs) But dads, you ever provoked your children to wrath? It says, provoke not your children to wrath, but instead you are to carefully, methodically, patiently bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Go to 1 Timothy. Go to the right. We'll come back to Ephesians in just a few minutes, but 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. There are a lot of expectations. I have to raise my kids right. It's not the school's responsibility to raise your children. It's not the government's responsibility to teach your children. It's yours. You're to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, in the ways of the Lord. 1 Timothy 5, 8 says this. If any... If any man provide not for his own family, it's saying, and especially for those of his own house, he claims to be a Christian. Well, if he's not working a job and paying the bills, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. He's worse than than somebody who's an attacker of the faith. You see, gentlemen, if you have a family, it is your responsibility to provide for your family's needs. There are exceptions. But as a dad, it is our responsibility to make sure that our families are taken care of, not the government's. 
It is not your responsibility to be filling out forms constantly to get an entitlement from the government. It is your responsibility, my responsibility, to work, I don't care how many jobs, to make sure they're taken care of, they're clothed, they're safe, and they're raised right. You say, that's too much on me. Don't be a dad then. It is a big job being dads. And we have stopped honoring that high calling of being a dad. Is your responsibility to protect your family? I mean, the guard can only get there in 15, 20 minutes. You may have to take care of them on the spot. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody breaks into your house, dad, don't leave it to mom. Sweetheart, somebody's in the house. There's a hurley stick just under the bed. Go get him. <laughs> no, it's not her job any more than it's her job to make sure they're all dressed. No, there is something missing in us. And no wonder people look down on men and on fathers because men don't take it serious that, that look, I'm a dad. It was my job to make sure my kids are safe, that my kids are in the house when it's time for them to be in the house, that my kids are not being influenced by this wicked world to the degree that they are. And it is our responsibility, dads, not our, not our wives, but it's our responsibility to get our family to walk with God and to love God. It's not this church's responsibility. We have children's church. We have creche. But they're not going to make them walk with God. You must. Those are the expectations of us, dad, and it's not a bad thing to have expectations put on us. But God has an expectation of children. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6 now. God has some expectations of children. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. And the first expectation is to honor their parents, especially their dad. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? Because this is right. Well, you don't know my dad. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise associated with it, that it may be well with thee. You want to have a good life? You want to have a long life? Look what it says. That, thou, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. God's expectation is for children to honor and obey their parents. It's part of, let me just, it's part of the big ten commandments. Go back to Exodus, all the way back to Exodus. You get Genesis and then Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Exodus 20. This is where the Ten Commandments were given. It's a shame that the last two generations have not been raised on knowing even the Ten Commandments. They, don't, they know about them, but they don't know the Ten Commandments. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Here's your commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You know who Moses is writing this to as God is, is telling him, write this. You know who he's written to? Grown-ups. It's written to men and women who are already grown up, and it says, honor thy father and thy mother. Go to Mark chapter 10, back and forth. We're going to have some, some fun this morning. Mark, Matthew, Mark chapter 10 and verse 19. Mark 10, 19. Now, I'm going to try to help you this morning. There are people right now who are struggling with mental instability, emotional problems that can be chased back and traced all the way back to a bitterness that they still hold against a family member, sometimes especially even their dad. Freud used to say the problem was with, was with your mother. I have found it's more often it's a problem with your dad. Look at Mark chapter 10 and verse 19. Thou knowest the commandments. Jesus quotes them and he doesn't leave them out. He says, do not commit adultery. That's a commandment. Do not kill. That's a commandment. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Don't lie. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. Jesus quotes a commandment that we still need today. Is part of respect, folks. Is part of learning to respect the people around us. Look at, you're in Mark. Go back to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 19. I told you about, <clears throat> I was in line at a coffee shop years ago. And um, uh, uh, it was hot. I don't know. 
we were there and the cash register, the woman there at the register was really having troubles with the register and just the guy before me was really rude or whatever. So I came up, I just had a coffee. She says, is that it? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, don't call me, ma'am. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> she looked at me and there everybody else looking at it and we all laughed and I went, okay. <laughs> I couldn't help but show respect because that's how I was raised. But she didn't want none of that. Bible kind of gives us the implication that we need to learn respect, not when you get 15, 16, 17, when we're 5, 6, and 7. Look at your Bible. Go to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 19. Jesus says this, 1919, Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Why does, he put, why does Jesus put both those together? Because when I'm taught respect at home, believe me, it helps me to respect people outside of the home. I got to learn to respect you. And we don't. Everybody's worried about offending one another. And yet we don't respect one another. How do we get this way, man? Mm. Look at Romans chapter 13. Romans seven, uh, 13 and verse 7. Romans chapter 13 and verse 7. Render, give therefore to all their dues, give to what they are owed. Tribute, those are taxes, to whom tribute is due. Custom, to whom custom is due. You go into somebody's home, guess what they, you do? When you see a pile of shoes at the door and they look at you, you go, oh, I got to take my shoes off. Amen? Yeah. That's a proper thing. That's the custom in that home. You give them their honor, their due. He goes on. If I find out where I am, 13, 7. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is, is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor, give honor to whom honor is due. People have no idea how to honor, nor how to, or, nor who to honor, because they've never learned to honor their parents, and especially, they never learned to honor their dads. You see, the truth is, there are great benefits to honoring your parents, and especially your dad. We read it there in Ephesians 6. It says this is the first of all the commandments with a promise, a promise that you'll get to live long. Uh, the great benefit is you get a long life. Safer cities and homes. I, be, I believe our cities are destructing because dads are not there, because we don't think we need them, because dads have been so, I don't know, they're so messed up already. I know all that stuff. But there is, there is no one easy answer other than we got to start at the bottom and do right. And, and, and if you've got a dad alive, you need to honor him. And when we start, God starts off and says at the bottom, let's look up and let's honor upward. And it works all the way up to the king. And it changes, not from the top down, but it changes a nation from the grassroots when we who are yeah, we're the recipients of, of problems and abuse and, 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 and messed up lives. But when we say, you know, this is serious enough that if God says it, I better do it. Because there are benefits, a long life. I think, I think our, our cities would be changed if there were homes again where dad was honored. And just sanity. As I said, bitterness and anger and hatred are destroying us. Having a close relationship with your parents and especially our fathers is a great cure for bitterness in the home. There's a high cost of not honoring your father. Take your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel, in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 2. There's a high cost of not honoring your father. You see, what we do is we have uh, a thing, we, we have our, our homes backwards. Gentlemen, some of you honor your, your girlfriend or your wife way too much. And uh, you are in fear of her walking out and leaving with the kids in case you do something that upsets her or whatever. That's not a relationship. That's fear. Some of you honor your kids more than dad. Some of you wives honor your kids get all your attention. And dad is like wondering, huh, what do they need me for? Folks, we're not honoring God. 
First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 9, 29, I'll show you a real strong scripture. This is a guy named Eli, and he's in trouble with God. And 1 Samuel 2, 29 says this, Wherefore, the wherefore there is a word why. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice? Why do, you, why do you kick over? Why do you mistreat the work I have for you to do? He was a priest. He was a high priest. He says, Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation in my temple? And honorest thy sons above me. Listen who's talking. That's God talking. Why are you honoring your kids more than you honor me? To make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. You guys live off of Israel and you're making yourselves fat on it. You're making your kids, you're worried about your kids' happiness <clears throat> instead of me, God says. We got everything backwards. There's a high cost of not honoring your father. One is you'll be in rebellion. If you have bitterness against your dad, you are sinning. I'm not telling you to stop hurting. I'm not telling you to trust him. But you cannot be bitter against him. You can't honor him and be bitter at the same time. Here's lunch, Dad. It's poison. <laughs> you can't do that. You will reap what you sow. If you hold bitterness, if you cannot bring yourself to honor your dad, your children and your grandchildren will continue your own attitude, sometimes to the third and fourth generation, the Bible says. If you do not honor your father, your kids will be a reflection. You don't, even, you don't even have to have a bad spirit around your kids. They'll pick it up. And your life will be shorter than it should be and more miserable uh, Exodus 21, you're in First Samuel, go back to the left, find Exodus chapter 21 and verse 15. Exodus 21, 15, we read in verse chapter 20, it says, Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. That's a blessing, but look at this, verse 15 of chapter 21. And he that smiteth his father or his mother, wow. Can you imagine a kid punching his mom shall be surely be put to death. That's, a, that's an Old Testament law. We kind of don't carry that out today or else there'd be a lot of dead kids, amen? But think of how serious God meant it to be taken. You respect your mom and your dad. Look at chapter 20. Uh, go to Proverbs 2020. 20. Proverbs 2020. Right after Psalms is Proverbs. Middle of your Bible is Psalms. Then comes Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 20. 2020. Proverbs 2020 says this, Whoso curseth his father or his mother, to curse there is not just to verbally say it, but to actually make their life miserable, to, to just make, to, to just curse them. He that curseth, his father's mother let his lamp, talking about his life, shall be put out in obscure darkness. That's not a way to live. Matthew 15, Matthew 15. One more, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 4. Matthew 15, verse 4. Jesus Reminds us, for God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. Jesus quotes that commandment. So I think God takes it serious about how we treat our parents, especially our dads, because not honoring him is dangerous. So let me show you how. This is God's kind of pattern. Not the way you may feel like, but it is the right way. And it doesn't take that much to honor your dad. You know that? Dads don't have to have breakfast in bed every day. Now, mom, maybe. But dads, no. Dads don't need big, fancy gifts. You can get him the worst-looking tie ever, and he'll say, just what I wanted. Uh, dads, they, they don't take a lot of effort. We're, we're kind of built so that we don't have to have constant praise. But believe me, sometimes it's nice. I want to tell you how to honor your father. Number one, spend time with him. I know, we're, I know dads are busy, but we're all way too busy. If you have a father still alive, you've got to make time for him. I miss my dad. My dad died in 2018, December 2018. 
and I miss him. And I wish I could honor him one, one, one more time just to go visit him. You can honor him in a lot of ways, but one of the best ways you can honor your dad is actually make time for him. Well, my dad never made time for me. I don't care what your dad did. The Bible says honor him. He has his own expectations. God has his own expectations of, God, of your dad, and God will deal with your dad, either in this life or the next. But if you think that because your dad did you wrong that you have the right to do him wrong, you're in this bad trap, folks. You're cursed. The best thing is do to say, if my dad's alive, I need to make time and spend time with him. Maybe you can't be with him. Phone him. Just, just talk to him. Make time where, where you tell him what's going on in your life. Now, dads don't care about details. You don't have to tell him about everything. But he does like to know what's going on. Maybe what's scaring you. I talk to my kids, and, man, we talk about whatever they want to talk about. I mean, one of my sons wants to talk about you know, uh, Bitcoin and programming and talk about AI and how the world's going to be a singularity. I didn't even know what a singularity was until I researched it. And went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he was spending time with me. Another one of my sons talking about building a chicken coop. <laughs> how many chickens he's got. And, and um, you know, that blesses me. I don't care how high it is or what wood he used to make it. Maybe some guys who are carpenters want to know all that. I'm just glad he's telling me I built this thing. The, <laughs> the first one he built, the fox got in and ate all his chickens, amen, so he did reinforce it. But that shared time with dad. Most counselors are doing what dads used to do, just getting things out of us. I mean, moms aren't good at it. What's wrong? Nothing, Mom. But when Dad says, all right, what's up? What's wrong? You know he's going to get it out of you. And that is what we need. Somebody who sees right through and says, let's talk. It looks like we need to have a sit down. Go to Luke chapter 15. I'll show you this. This is absolutely amazing. Luke chapter 15, verse 21. Luke 15, 21. You say, you're talking to kids or to adults. I'm talking to everybody. I don't care if you're 89 years old. It'd be kind of a miracle if your dad was still living. 109, you know. <laughs> but if your dad is still alive, make time for him. Uh, Luke chapter 15, 21. This is the prodigal son, the wayward son, the rebellious son, who ran away with half the inheritance, blew it all. And you know what he decides to do? Look at 15, 21. And the son said unto his father. We'll go back to verse Verse uh, 17, when he came to himself, he, the son who's living in a pig pen, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I'll talk. And I'll talk to him. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So he gets up and he goes and he plans out this conversation. And he says in verse 21, the, the, the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring forth the best robe. Put it on him and put a ring in his hand and shoes on his feet. See, when the son left, the dad couldn't talk to him. The dad couldn't talk him out of taking his inheritance and wasting it. His, his son wouldn't listen. His son wasn't in the mood to talk. He just wanted to go and live in the fast life and live in the world and enjoy the bright lights. But now, guess what the son wanted to do? Let's talk. And the son said, enough talking, let's hug. <laughs> it is marvelous. You don't have to talk about a lot, but just to honor your dad by talking to him. Secondly, listen to him. That's a novelty. How many years did you have compared to the number of mouths? Did your mother ever tell you God gave you two ears and one mouth so that you would listen twice as much? Listen to your dad. Proverbs 23, 22. Proverbs 23, 22. Proverbs 23, 22. <clears throat> Hearken unto thy father. Hearken here. Listen to your father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. 
Don't go, ah, she's, she's so out of step. She's so irrelevant. Dad, he's a dinosaur. We all said that. You know what's neat to listen to your dad about? Let him tell stories. My dad was in the military. Now, he never went to war, but he was in the military, and it was fascinating. He went to different uh, bases and got training. He became an engineer in the military, and it was fascinating to me. He opened up a, a box that had all of his medals that he had earned, not by being shot at, but other things, and it blessed me, but believe me, it blessed him to be able to share a part of his life with his son. I got to listen to his stories. They are a part of you whether you realize enough. You'll find out why you are the way you are when you find out how your dad grew up. Listen. Because you might just find out why he is sad. Why he is angry. Why he's frustrated. Why he's so bad on succeeding in something. There are some people who are so addicted to gambling and you say, why? Let him tell you. Ask him what it was like when he was your age. Hmm. You'd probably love to just share those things with you. Listen to his advice. You know, your dad probably has a lot of advice. Listen to his concerns. In almost all cases, dads are older than their kids. And wiser. Your dad may be limited. But he probably has good advice for you. Listen to him. Proverbs, go back to one, chapter 1 and verse 8. This is a big one. I'm just trying to emphasize. Spend time with your dad. Listen to your dad. Let him talk. Share with you. Admonish you, which means correct you. Proverbs 1.8 says this. It says, my son, hear the instruction of not the YouTube but of your father. And forsake not the law. Oh, those commandments of your mother. Secondly, mm. watch him. Proverbs 23. Now what I did was I just looked at some scriptures and then I organized them in kind of a line that made sense. I don't know. You can take or leave whatever you want. I, all of these things are absolutely true. You know, when, you, when you're listening to him, that's one thing. It's another thing when a, a son or a daughter is watching dad to learn by what they don't say. Look at Proverbs 23 and verse 26. 23, 26. My son. Now, this is Solomon talking to his son, Rehoboam. He says, my son, give me thy heart. Man, that is like to be given over with your heart. It's like an addiction. I want your heart whole heart to be on me and let thine eyes observe my ways. Your ears can hear my words, but I want you to watch how I do something. Most men live and die unnoticed for all that they do. You, if you want to honor your dad, you need to notice all that your dad does for you and your family, your mom, your grandparents, your neighbors, maybe for the Lord. I mean, especially when your dad is sacrificing his time to do a gospel ministry. Don't just sit at home and go, there goes dad out soul winning again. <laughs> Man, watch my ways. There's a dad who's got 500 other things to do, and he says, I'm going to put the Lord first. You ought to be in awe of a dad who makes time for God. Amen. Watch his life. I didn't learn a whole lot from my dad when I mean, he left when I was 12. But I did learn to work hard, not quit until it was finished. I did learn how to stay married by watching him leave us. I did learn from my dad how to study things, and to, to be critically thinking, and to test what I hear and what I think and what I see. That's why you show me a YouTube, I laugh. Because YouTubes don't convince me. Websites don't impress me. I want to know the facts. I want to know what's true because I'm so sick of all of this world, especially Christians, being swayed like leaves in a wind. My dad taught me to think before I actually conclude. That's why I'm a Bible-believing Christian now. Not because it feels good or because I just love being in church. It's because I know it's true. Amen. 
My dad gave me that. He never became a believer, but he taught me to think. My dad taught me to speak up and say what needs to be said, and not just, I know I get in trouble on Facebook and Twitter because somebody's writing me and says, boy, you're really offensive today. And I go, I think it has to be said. Amen. My dad gave me that. Best of all, I learned to forgive by forgiving him when I got saved. So my dad taught me, even without him knowing, <laughs> he taught me some great things. Watch your dad. He will teach you so much. Us old guys. I can say that with a smile, Mona. Us, good. Us old guys who have stayed married, who have paid off our house. I'm almost there. We stayed in church. We have lived through the ups and downs. Can teach you youngins a few things. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Third, obey him. Wait, what? <laughs> Did I just say that? Go to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 20. You want to bless your dad? You want to honor your dad? Do what he tells you to do. Proverbs 6 and verse 20 says this. My son, keep, which is a word for obey thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. That's hard. I don't care how, what age we live in, it's always been hard to obey. And I find, I find this. Is it not true? Kids usually obey mom, don't they? Mm. But God says you better obey your dad too. Even us older adults, be very slow to reject your dad's advice. The one reason why I'm married to Nita today is because my dad, I, was, I had just finished third year at Bible college. I got my degree. It was a third-year degree. Um, and um, uh, I was kind of tired of college. I was just worn out, burned out. And I just, I just wanted to get going, get into the ministry, go help a church or whatever. So I met with my dad. My dad always, every year, we always went over finance, my finances because it was always hard. Uh, paying, you know, I paid most of my own way. And, and um, uh, talking about different things and plans. And he always sat back and he said, you're wasting your life. You're wasting your life. Don't go into the ministry. Be an engineer. Get into electronics. Go on. That was my dad. Well, after I finished my third year, I'm sitting down with him at a kitchen table. I'm showing him the little meager bits of finances I've got and the bills and plans. And I said, I'm finished, Dad. And he said, I thought you were going four years. I said, well, Dad, I don't have to go the fourth year. Yeah, I'll get a Bachelor of Arts. Yeah, that's what I probably should do, but I don't think I need to. And I kind of, uh, see, what, I, what had happened was I had tried dating. A little girl wanted to be a missionary to a missionary going to Ireland. And I had, I had just burned myself out with all kinds of things. The point being that my dad's now telling me, go back to school and finish your fourth year. And I went, you didn't even want me there. You know, my dad said, you're not allowed to quit if you're my son. I said, I'm not quitting. He said, yes, you are. You go back to school and you finish that fourth year. So I walk away and I think, Lord, my that's my dad talking. He's not even saved. And I just knew the Holy Spirit gripped my heart and said, you better obey. Ah, so I signed up for my fourth year, went off to Bible college, drove the 12 hours back there. Ah. Driving down the road. Picked up one of the bus workers in the church. And she says, oh, oh, oh. need to pick her up too. It's Saturday. She wants to come out, do soul winning. Mm -hmm. Who is she? I think her name is Nita. Uh, picked her up. She's a first-year student. Gets in the back of the car. I don't even notice her. I'm driving along. She doesn't notice me. We drive. We go to church. We go out on bus visitation. You understand what that means. We went inviting kids on the bus. Took her home. And then I noticed she's at college. And I saw her. And the second time I saw her, I couldn't stop looking. I said, who is that girl? So I asked her out. She said, no. <laughs> I said, what's going on here? And this other guy asked her out. I said, no, I'm first. <laughs> and we had a little disagreement there. I talked her into going out with me. Nine months later, we were married. Let me tell you why. Because my dad 
told me, go back to school and finish the last year. I obeyed my dad, and he gave me a wife. Don't be so stupid as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 19-year-old thinking your dad has no smarts at all. My dad wasn't saved at all, but God was using him to influence me. As you grow older, you move out of the house, you don't have to obey your dad, don't have to do what he says, but you better consider what he says. Amen. I did not have to obey my dad, but I found out he was smart. Fourthly, seek to be wise and godly. Look in Proverbs 10. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. You want to honor your dad? Grow up. <laughs> Proverbs 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son maketh a what kind of a father? Whoa. You want to honor your dad? Get wise. Mature. Stop playing Xbox. Amen. Stop drinking every Friday night. A wise son will make a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness, the grief, the sorrow of a mother. Look at chapter 23, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 24, 23, 24. <clears throat> Proverbs 23, 24, the father of the righteous, a godly young man, a young man who'll do right. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee, your mom, shall rejoice. If you want to honor your dad, do right. Do the right things. No dad wants to raise a fool for a son or a daughter. So seek to do things the right way. Your dad may not understand the Bible, but when he sees you waiting patiently for the right person to marry, not just the first person you can get in bed with, when he sees you abstaining from drink and drugs and cigarettes completely, I don't care if your dad smokes or not, when he sees you not smoking, that will honor him. When he sees you putting God first in your life instead of the pub and your friends and your career, when he sees you doing the hard things in life without complaining, and when he sees you actually honoring him and, his, and your mother, that will honor your dad, make him glad that he's your dad. He may not understand. He may think you're off your rocker. But secretly in his heart, he'll go, I'm glad I have a son or a daughter like that. Take care of him when he's old. I shouldn't have to say this, but we've gotten to a day where parents don't want to be a burden to their kids. It should never be a question. Look in your Bible, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5 in verse 3. 1 Timothy 5, 3. Honor, here's that word, widows that are widows indeed, that are true widows, widows that have no family at all. He's talking to the Christians, talking to churches, saying you're to take care of widows when they have no family to take care of them, verse 4. But if any widow have children, or nephews even, let them learn to sh first show piety. That's responsibility. That's godliness. At home, and to requite, we use the word, repay their parents. Their parents, not just your mom. I mean, it's pretty hard when you're a widow, and the husband's gone, and the money's gone. The kids should take care of mom, but... Take care of dad as well. Look what it says. For that is good and acceptable before God. Christian churches are supposed to take physical care of widows and widowers that are alone without family. Families, however, so Christian churches are supposed to, but families are supposed to take care of their parents when they can. When they got them. I'll give you a testimony of my brother, his wife, her mom lost her husband about 10 or 12 years ago and instantly opened up their home, actually built a small little granny flat. Her name is Dodie. She's been out there for the last 12 years. She's the happiest woman. Why? Because somebody's honoring her. Didn't throw her away. You're going to regret it, folks. Um... Family is supposed to take care of parents when they're old. Churches are not and government programs are not. We're supposed to. 
Your dad should be loved as he gets older and more invalid. And I know I'm talking to people who probably have that type of concern, but we're growing out of it. Don't do that. Jesus was furious at the Pharisees when he saw that they were taking advantage of people who were giving money to them instead of to their parents in their old age. Kids weren't taking care of their parents. This is the biggest one. I think this is the biggest point. I'm trying to get to this one. Matthew 18. Best way to honor your dad is to forgive him. Mark chapter 18 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, 21. Then came Peter to Jesus, 18, 21, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, hurt me, and I still forgive him till seven times? That's my limit, Lord. Verse 22, and Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until, look at the math, 490 times, 70 times seven. Forgive your dad. So many 30-somethings have major mental and emotional problems because they hate their dad. If you're a Christian, never hate your dad. He was never going to be perfect. He needs forgiveness just like you do. He needs your forgiveness. And you need your dad. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you have the spirit of God in you, you can and must forgive the family members who have hurt you in the past, whether they repent or not. This is the, this is the great revelation. I can help you. They do not have to repent. They do not have to be sorry for you to forgive them. Jesus forgave you long before you ever asked him to. He cried out, Father, forgive those who just crucified me. They don't know what they're doing. Reconciliation, that. If you're going to get close to dad, he's going to have to say sorry. He's going to have to make things right. He's going to have to go the extra mile. He did wrong. He needs to do right. Reconciliation is a whole other thing. But forgiveness is on us. You've got to be able to look at your dad and say, I love you. You've got to. Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31. Ephesians 4, 39. Let all bitterness, that all is the biggest word in, it all, in the whole verse, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, clamor is yelling, screaming, and evil speaking, saying things that are so vile and so wrong, be put away from you like divorce, thrown away from you with all malice, and be ye kind to your dad, tenderhearted, forgiving your dad, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The Bible takes on a different tone when you put people in it. Amen? You got to be kind. When you hate your dad, you are hating your future you. You are. Because that's who you're going to be. And what you, when you hate him, you are hating your future you, and it's going to kill you. So forgive him. Stop trying to make him hurt the way he hurt you, and he lets you down. Folks, God will judge him if he has to. Don't make him judge you too. Tell God you forgive him and then tell your dad you forgive him. The greatest, the greatest message I ever heard next to the gospel, the most important message I ever heard in my life was from a pastor that I only met once. He preached in, in, a, in, a, in a chapel session at, at Bible College. He preached, and I don't know if anybody else heard him or got from him, his point, but his point was you cannot live without forgiveness. You can't live without receiving it, and you cannot live without giving it. You must forgive that person that you can't forgive. And he hammered it and hammered it for an hour, and I wept, and I said, I can't. I will not forgive my dad for leaving my mom. I remember in, in, in the, the night times hearing my mom weep in the doors next to, to ours as we tried to eke out a life in a mobile home after my dad left. And we we're sitting there trying to pick up the pieces. And I hated my dad, but now I'm saved, and I still hated him. 
And that man of God preached and he said, you must forgive. And I argued and I fought until I finally said, okay, Lord, I will not because it's easy. I will not because it feels good. I will because it's right. And it changed my life. It changed. My dad never got saved, but my dad and I got on like a house on fire. And I fell back in love with my dad. I never had one thought about how I wanted him to hurt like my mom hurt it. I, I, I left that to God, and we had the best relationships that you can have because of forgiveness. You've got to forgive him. Then you need to encourage him. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy 8. Do you know dads love to fix things? We love to solve problems. But it's nice when someone comes along and doesn't have a problem. All of you had kids go off to college. Not all of you, but most of you had kids go off to college. And when you got a phone call, what was it? What do you need? How much do you need? Yeah, okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. It's just nice to get. What do you need? Oh, nothing. Are you just calling to say hi? Oh, let me sit down. <laughs> How about encouraging dad? Hey, I know it's Father's Day, and I hope you said to your dad or you phoned your dad or you wrote a card to your dad and you said in big letters, I love you. But wouldn't that be nice to hear a lot more than just on Father's Day? How about going out of your way to encourage your dad? Deuteronomy 8.5 says this, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart, remember this, that as a man chasteneth his son, that's correcting your son, so the Lord thy God, he chastens you in the same way. Hey, how about saying thank you for correcting you, for getting you to do right? How about saying thank you for loving you? I bet your dad did love you. Even though he may not have said it, I grew up in an age when Older adults didn't say, I love you a lot. I never saw my dad hold my, so, uh, hold my mom's hand. As far as I know, she told me they never went out just for coffee and cake. That's a shame. But isn't it nice when somebody just phones up and says, let's go for coffee. Hey, Dad, I just want to go for a walk in the park. You want to come with me? I miss you, Dad. That's encouraging. You know, stop being bitter about how your parents didn't correct you perfectly. They probably did their best. Thank him for, I think I got fewer swats on the behind than I deserve. Anybody else like that? I got corrected less than I deserve because they didn't know about all the other times, amen? You know, when my kids would write me a card, I remember a couple of times they wrote this, you are my hero. You know how big I feel? But you know how well I felt? You see, just encouraging your dad. When your son or your daughter comes up to you and says, I want to be just like you, tell me that doesn't make your day. That'll make your dad want to leap tall buildings, race against locomotives, catch bad guys, work two jobs, and put up with disappointments constantly in life. If they just get a little bit of encouragement. Proverbs 12.25 says this, Don't go there. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop. That's grief and sorrow and pain and burdens. It makes you just crumble. But a good word... Maketh it glad. Lastly, 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're finished. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Pray for him. When was the last time you took the time to pray for your dad? 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. First Timothy 2, verse 1 says, I exhort, I urge, I almost beg you, therefore, that first of all, <coughs> supplications, <coughs> prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks, those are all forms of talking to God, be made for all men, that includes dad, for kings, we have a hard time with that one, and for all that are in authority, there's dad, 
that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Pray for him by, day, by name. You ought, to, you ought to just pray, dear God, help my dad. You know him as Bill. <laughs> I only know him as dad. He needs you today. Pray for him by burden. Do you even know what burdens your dad carries? Pray for his sorrows. If your dad is not born again, you should start to pray that he comes out to church, hears the gospel, and pray that God would open his eyes to the gospel, to the cross, to who Jesus is, to not look at all the Christians and find out our faults because there are plenty of them, but to look unto Jesus. Pray that he finds his strength in a walk with God instead of in a beer can or a pint glass. Pray for him to yield to the Holy Spirit of God and to obey God himself. Pray that he loves God most of all. The highest commandment is not what we imagine. The highest commandment is to love God. Pray your dad loves God. That'll make him a great dad. In your mind, you already already be a great dad. You just say that'll make him greater. And he usually takes us praying. I'm saved because somebody prayed for me to get saved. You got saved probably because somebody was praying for you to get saved. Pray for your dad. Now I'm going to finish with this thought. What if your dad is not alive or not in your life? Well, at this time, if he's passed away, honor his memory. Remember the good things he did. Now, some of you already are good at that because everybody does that. You don't want to remember all the bad things. But don't carry the disappointments of your dad with you. That's, that's wrong. You know what God does? You have a great promise in the Bible. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. Whatever you went through with your dad, all the messed up, all the failures, God will make work out for good. I am the man I am, not in spite of my dad, but because of my dad and God working through my dad. And I will never blame my dad for my failures. I take that blame. But you know, if somebody ever comes along and says, Gleb, you're a, an amazing young man. You know what you can say? My dad invested in me a lot. It really, all the glory goes to my dad. Amen? That's the truth. Let, secondly, if your dad is still alive and yet he's not part of your life, you can still write him a letter and tell him because of what Jesus has done in your heart, in your life, when you got saved, you forgive him too. He may not understand it, but it sure will open up more communication. Wouldn't you agree? You don't have to meet up with him and act like nothing ever happened, but you should treat him as, as Jesus treats you, and that is kindly and respectfully. Start to ask his advice when you need it. See what he says. He's not in my life. Invite him. You could be such a change agent in your dad's life. Bring him to faith in, in the God who changed you if you actually invited him into your life again. No matter what, make sure you always honor your dad. Mm. It is Father's Day. Make it every day. Honor your dad all your life. If you want to live long, you actually want to enjoy life, or if you want to be miserable, okay, go ahead and find fault with everybody. That's your business. But if you wish for another chance, I'm sorry, you will wish for another chance. When they're gone, you're going to wish, I wish I could honor my dad. Don't neglect it. Dads, shouldn't we be worthy of such honor? Our kids should honor us, but I think we need to work hard at being worthy of being a dad. And it begins in the heart. If you've got a hard heart, if, 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 uh, He's going to his dad. If, if your hard heart is hard and it just doesn't find it easy to spend time with your kids, to be in church, to read the Bible, to do anything that you know that you should be doing, if you, then you need a new heart. That's what Jesus gives. None of us find it easy to do the right thing. Our heart needs to be changed. That's what it needs to be born again. Honor begins in the heart, and God can give you a new one. Start following the life example of Jesus. Don't be like Pastor Craig. Don't be like anybody else on this planet. 
Strive to be like Jesus. Start following him. He's the greatest man who ever lived. And don't seek honor. Kids, it's time. Pastor preached it. I want honor. Don't seek honor. Seek to be honorable. Seek to live up to the honor that people give you. Stand with me and let's bow in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we don't just call you God. We call you Father. You're our example of fatherhood. You're our example of the family of God that, that we've been born again into. But Lord, you, you've got some messed up families down here. You've got a lot of fathers who we're not living up to the title. And we just heard that we need to honor our dads and our fathers, and we don't know how to do it. We know we'll never do it perfectly, but we, we need to start. So at this moment, I pray you'd help us to start. Whatever bitterness we may have toward our parents, and especially towards our dad, of all people, I pray we would confess it, we'd repent of it, we'd forsake it right here and now and say, I'm dumping that now. I'm throwing that away, and I will humble myself and forgive my dad and love my dad. And I will do right because it's right because I want to have a better life than I am now. Right now, my life, I now understand probably a little bit of why I'm going through what I'm going through, why my family is so messed up. I'm carrying on the same bitterness I have towards my mom and my dad and is carried into mine. God, forgive me and help me break that curse break that chain of bitterness just by honoring my dad today even just the memory of him and i pray god that our homes would never be the same in jesus name amen